Hey everybody, before we get started, uh, I wanted to take a second to address a fatal flaw in this week's uh, podcast episode. Uh, we uh, review The Beach Bum, uh, the new film by Harmony Korine. We do not mention once the fantastic performance of Jonah Hill in this movie. Um, all the side characters are amazing in The Beach Bum. Um, not one single mention of Jonah Hill. Uh, I blame sleep deprivation um, and Lil Baby. Um, SoundCloud rapper Lil Baby. Um, so if you're listening and you're like, what the hell? They didn't mention Jonah Hill. It's our bad, for sure. Uh, he's amazing. Props to Jonah Hill in The Beach Bum. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Shell Focus. It's The Beach Bum. of the good can opening it's the beginning all right all right guys thank you for tuning in to another episode of shallow focus i am john i'm sean uh this week on the show we're going to be talking about the new film from harmony corinne uh starring matthew mcconaughey the beach bomb um but before that uh how are you doing sean i'm fine you're fine yeah, i felt like fine. You, i felt like you were steamed about uh about something then you wanted to get it off your chest no i just uh when i was watching this movie i uh you know the before the previews, the pre-show advertisement nonsense. All the, between the M and M commercials, <laughs> um, there was a new thing that's like I don't remember how it went. It said it was like a March Madness play on whatever, and they were like, it was like March Misery, blah blah blah. Join join the oh I thought that was the name of the event was March Misery. <laughs> I was like, like, do you have March Misery? Blah blah blah. Yes. Some, uh, <laughs> this is making a lot of sense. <laughs> Why don't you join the Fantasy Movie League or whatever they call it? Mm. And it's like, pick your bracket of movies and then see which one does the best at the box office. And if you're right, you move up in your status or whatever. So you downloaded the app. And yeah, you're, I am. You're I'm winning. Knee deep in it. <laughs> um, it just annoys me. It's just another... <laughs> It's just box office scores. It and is a little bit dark of a uh it's it, it's kind of a dark timeline scenario when you're like it's a, let's place bets on the, on the box office. I don't know. I just it seems kind of weird. Um it's also funny to me if, if you the acronym for that is FML, so uh total total <laughs> fuck my life scenario. Uh yeah, I've I've seen it before. I actually <laughs> was very weak willed and was like, that looks kind of fun, and downloaded it and played it like twice. Oh, you did? Well, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I did. I know you're disappointed in me, but I I I played it like one and a half times before I caught myself and was like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> this is so stupid. It's really dumb. We don't really place real bets though. Mm-mm. It's just a uh, hey for fun. But yeah, like there's other other if you're like a, a cinephile or like a movie buff, there's like other ways of having fun doing that on an app there's like movie trivia apps and everything but like yeah it seems it's just another way to to tell people that what made the most money is the best movie which is never never true um there is especially with like that avengers like endgame trailer coming out i you know i've been uh combing the internet like reading things and stuff about that just because i'm my brain's like hardwired to do that at this point but like every there's this weird like um 
we participated like because tickets went on sale we participated in the biggest pre-sale moment of all time and it's like really that's like that's cool i guess like you, you that's what people are priding themselves on is anyway. it was it though uh, does it, I, it doesn't really matter what, high school i skipped school to go to studio 28 mm-hmm. to get a wristband sure that i had to wear for two weeks <laughs> so i could get in line two weeks later to get hopefully like a raffle they'd raffle off a number for the Star Wars episode one. That's very, that seems very complicated. So yeah, I skipped school. We Wait, you s- you stayed in line for Phantom Menace? Yeah. I did too. Uh, I had to wear a wristband for two weeks. <laughs> That's a small price to pay. And for... then you, you came back. They only give out however many seats they had. Oh, sure. You come back later. They picked a number and you looked at your wristband mm-hmm. and you're like, it's that number. And then it like resets at zero. So everybody from there on lines up. and then Oh, yeah. Like a lottery on. process, yeah. basically. And then we had to wait in line <laughs> to be able to buy pre-sale tickets. Oh, it was a lottery for the line. Okay. And then there was the line. That sounds yeah. way more organized. When I when I stayed in line for Phantom Menace, we literally camped out overnight. And then, like, they sold tickets. But then, like, Joe Schmo would just, like, drive up day of and be like, two for Phantom Menace, please. And they just, like, gave, gave yeah, them to them. Got like, them. Yeah. Oh. Um, but, yeah, that's that probably was i think that was the biggest presale ever until i mean inflation and so many, there's so right. many more theater, theaters now phantom menace was like the first movie to do presales and i'm 99% sure on that so I mean, it was a huge huge thing um but yeah it's it's a weird thing to be able to like be a part of that like we we're part of the box office we love it like i don't yeah. know it just it's it's strange it's kind of depressing but it's all it also makes sense it's like that's the culture but um Speaking of blockbusters, movies that are coming out, uh, later in October, uh, we have the uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie coming out. The trailer for that just dropped today. Um, it dropped. Uh, and I have questions, Sean. Yeah. What are they? Uh, I, I, feel, I have a feeling that you have questions, too. I have, I have answers. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I, what is this movie? Because it looks, I, it looks good. Like I think it looks. I actually think it looks good too. I think it looks perfectly watchable, and I, I was it's super dark. I want it to be really dark. It kind of needs to be, right? It just it's it's amazing that this movie is even in development or like getting off the ground based on the fact that like we've had within the past ten years, um, what like I guess popular culture calls. The, the definitive Joker performance of Heath Ledger, yeah. which I disagree with. I think you disagree with that too. Um, but to just keep doing the Joker over, it's like, what, what is that? Like, like who can get the, the wackiest one or something? Well, it, it just seems like an excuse to remake uh, King of Comedy, like Scorsese's King of Comedy. Mm-hmm. But like, we're this time we're doing it, but it's the Joker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, is that what it's based on? I well, yeah, and like Scorsese w- was originally producing it. Okay, I don't think he is anymore. Um, and it definitely has like a taxi driver vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like my friend Paul put it, like Dr- Travis Bickle and grease paint. Like, yeah. it's so it's kind of an origin story. Yeah, but is like there a comic origin story of the Joker. It, it sort of. Uh, there's the killing. Jo- Alan Moore's the killing joke, uh-huh. where it's like he basically like the famous line from it is like. All it takes is one bad day, and it's that's the Joker's origin. He was like the Red Hood and all this other stuff, but like, I guess I'm not really um, verbalizing like the exact feelings I have towards it. It's like 
it fe- this movie just feels so like out of time and place. Mm-hmm. It just it seems like what is it? What is it doing? Is Batman a part of it? Is it just a Joker story on its own? Do we need that? Does it like? I, I don't know. I don't know why I of all people have this thought about it because it looks great. <laughs> um, it doesn't actually look good, and it stars probably the the best American actor right now. Joaquin Phoenix is like probably the greatest actor alive mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, and then the two most important up and coming or established actors, uh, it to me are like Brian Tyree Henry and, and Robert De Niro is the other Robert De Niro's in it, but up like and Z- coming. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, I think he's got a bright future out of him. Uh, Z- Zazie beats, I think has a real, who's that? She's, she was in like high flying bird. Okay. Um, she was also in like this movie slice with Paul Shear and chance the rapper. She just has this like bu- like bubbling up career. It's like this brewing under the surface yeah. and she's going to be huge within the next year, I'm sure. Like it's and just Mark re- Marin's in it too. Yeah, and that's cool. I mean, I feel like his existence, I mean, it's like about a comedian. I'm sure he's got some connection to that. Um we just have to wait and see. Yeah, I guess well, it's a teaser trailer, so what can you It's not really fair to It's like, a two and a half minute trailer or teaser, no? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the four and a half minute one is the official trailer. Oh, that's okay. The one that's like a, an eighth of the movie is the official trailer. Um but yeah, I guess I guess we'll have to wait and see. It's just I'm just so curious about it cuz it's it just seems like such a um an oddity. Mm-hmm. And uh, um it it looks amazing though. I mean, that trailer itself is like um Joaquin Phoenix just goofing around and like I don't know, but it's also very emotional and I I can't wait for it, but Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I just wanted to kind of have a little Joker therapy session real quick. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, moving on to that. This week we're talking about Harmony Corinne's The Beach Bum, um, new film starring Matthew McConaughey. I mean, who else is in it? Martin Lawrence, uh, Zach Efron, uh, Isla Fisher, Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, like best supporting actor, Snoop Dogg. We'll say Martin Lawrence already. Martin Lawrence for sure. But we could say it again because he was fantastic. <laughs> Um, what's his his wife's name in real life? Uh, Isla Fisher. Okay. I, like I think that. that's how you say it. She's incredible in this yeah. movie. Before I accept whatever award it is they're giving me today, I just want to start off with a little bit of poetic foreplay. One day I will swallow up the world. <laughs> and when I do, I hope you all perish violently. <laughs> Motherfucking moon dog. Moon dog. Moon dog. Now you look like shit. I look like I always look. I wanted to kind of set the stage for how I, what condition I was in when I saw the movie. Okay. Because um, it was Thursday, like the preview night for it or whatever, like the pre-opening night for it. Um, And that's when Trump was in town. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Donald Trump was visiting Grand Rapids at the time. So there's this really like, uh, like snakes were crawling out from under trees and spiders were crawling everywhere. And um, I was the mood downtown was super negative and like everything was just like people chanting Trump and USA everywhere. Um, people were clashing on the street. There was protesters. It was like this really negative vibe. And I ended up at the pyramid scheme and I was like, I just want to get a drink real quick. Uh, and ended up staying there. Actually, I had the drink that you made, the Death by Agave. Oh, good. <laughs> It was uh, and it was quite good, um, and I just like I had 
two or three drinks there and was like feeling great after that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I'm going to combat this and I'm going to go see the beach bum right now, right in this moment. Uh, and I think that that's like, that was like the perfect mindset to be in watching this movie. Cause I was just kind of like in a fuck it mood. Yeah. Um, and it really kind of like made my experience that much better. And I'm afraid to kind of watch this movie again because it was such a perfect experience of perfect viewing time with this movie that right. like and the audience i was with was also like half drunk <laughs> like they were all like everyone was pretty lit up and like day. like cracking up and like super involved with the movie so it was like it it really set the tone for what was happening here yeah. with this movie i had um, a different experience than that as usual <laughs> it wasn't bad this time though it was just i was what sun saturday afternoon mm-hmm I was a little bit hungover, and it wasn't. It was definitely wasn't like a a rowdy crowd. It was a pretty slim crowd. Um, there was a lot of. There was like a ton of uh, elderly people at the theater. <laughs> like something's going on. There's a, some sort of rally or something, you know. Oh sure. And it was uh. So there's a lot of older people in in the movie I was in, mm-hmm. and then a handful of young people. Not very many though. But nobody was, I mean, I think I was the only person laughing at most of the movie, you uh, know, which is always strange. Yeah. That's, uh, it was the complete opposite, though. Like, in my theater, everyone was, like, so, um, j- they just latched on to everything about that. You could tell it was a bunch of people that, like, were familiar with Harmony Corrin's work. Yeah, yeah, definitely not um, when I was there, but whatever. And I think that that's an important distinction because, like, this to me, the Beach Bum was definitely Harmony Corinne's most accessible film, first of all, um, which is still funny because it's <laughs> really, really, really out there. Um, yeah, still all the articles said it bombed in the box office. That's fine. Or they said Matthew McConaughey's movie bombed in the box oh my office. <laughs> uh, fake news. Right. Um, did you play that in your fantasy movie league? Is that why you're shit talking it? Because you that's lost. That's all I played. <laughs> you, put, <laughs> you put the Beach Bum six times, Sean. Yeah. I told you not to do that. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely his most accessible film um, and definitely his most like cheery and like lighthearted, I mm-hmm. think. There's a... Um, and it, yeah, most definitely his most uplifting almost. Yeah, not even almost. I, I left, like, I wanted to like uh, have a birthday party for somebody. I wanted <laughs> to like uh, go slide down on like a slip and slide somewhere. Uh, it was just like this movie that embraces life and makes that um embraces life through Matthew <laughs> McConaughey's character Moondog Moondog yeah who's a successful poet mm-hmm. who lives mostly in Key West on a houseboat on a houseboat but then his drinking wife drinking and smoking mm-hmm. weed and doing whatever drugs and whatever he wants all the time right. bottom feeding as he says it <laughs> and yeah. he's married to an intensely rich woman which I love that that detail of it, where he's like allowed to live this mm-hmm. um, free wheel on life, but like his wife is up right there with him, and I don't know. It w- to me, it was just like a movie about uh, like turbocharged id, like basically just one hundred percent pure um, like ego driven pleasure hedonism, but in a good way do you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. i don't know it's there I, i'm not sure if there's really like a in kind of like a why wouldn't you live this way kind yeah yeah and and everyone in the movie kind of embracing that lifestyle so it was kind of this fantasy world that he lives mm-hmm. in um 
buddies with Snoop Dogg, whose name is Lingerie. Lingerie. <laughs> the character names in this movie were out of control. Who's also good. wildly rich, mm-hmm. like yacht rich. Uh, and has the best wardrobe ever, yeah. like silk, royal, like British royal guard robes and yeah. things like that. Yeah. And they also hang out with Jimmy Buffett, <laughs> who plays himself. It was, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's like I said, I was a little buzzed up when I saw the movie. I, I couldn't remember if he played himself or he was just like another friend of theirs. Um, but yeah, Jimmy Buffett as himself. Uh, and then Martin Lawrence plays the character Captain Whack, who is obsessed with dolphins and was probably my favorite part of the entire movie. It was, yeah, hilarious. Um, which that's a part of the movie that I really enjoyed was like, you know, he's like, I gotta go feed my coke addicted parrot. Um, yeah. They show that in the trailer. And in my head, I was like, I, mean, I wonder, I hope they don't like overuse that. But like, it was literally like a two second mention. Yeah. Um, and that's a big part of this movie too, is nothing overstays its welcome. And nothing, um, nothing really quite goes the way you think it's going to. Yeah, not even close. And it kind of paints itself out of a corner when you think it's like. Um, there's a moment in the movie where, um, after accidentally killing his uh, Moon Dog, after accidentally killing his wife Minnie in a car crash, that was after this like crazy night of hedonism. Her uh, at his daughter's wedding, right? Uh, after, oh, she was driving. She was driving, yeah, but like. Um, They're messed up. Yeah, crashes the car. She dies. Um, he he goes through. He checks into rehab and meets Zac Efron's character, who is also out of control. Good in this movie. Um, and you're kind of for a second. I was like, I'm not here for like a rehab part of this movie. I don't know. And yeah. Then two two seconds into it, they break out of rehab right. and they're like back to their old hijinks again. Um, I like how the first, I don't know, probably third of the movie is essentially a montage, mm-hmm. and it goes on for a while. But it's it's like a dreamy montage, mm-hmm. which I read an article. Harmony Corinne calls liquid film, and I'm like, that's the perfect Oh, God, that's uh, term for it. I have that in my notes. Yeah. It, f- it felt like liquid. It felt like looking through like a, a, a bubble mm-hmm. um, or a, a liquid. Yeah, I <laughs> the, the whole the look of the movie itself, it just felt like um, – like being on ecstasy or something like yeah. that. That's something I have uh, in my notes too. Is like the movie felt like all come up, no come down. Mm-hmm. Like it just went, 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 went. And um, yeah, you get. I mean, you get all that first third, and it's a little bit of a tone shift. It's not like the liquid film dreamy montage anymore. It's more like here's what plot there is gonna be. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gotta finish his book of poetry before he can get his inheritance. Um, that that liquid film aspect of it. Uh, credited mostly i think to i think it's benoit debbie okay i don't know how to say it that's uh the cinematographer for the film uh also worked with gaspar no way yeah uh, uh same guy who shot a lot of spring breakers too i think yeah for sure yeah. which i mean it gives us like hallucinatory um like halcyon situation yeah. uh to the movie that's really helps sell it um and it's it's got a like a Miami Florida feel to it, but it's mm-hmm. also like a dream state. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. And then the one the one part of it that I felt myself kind of being like, nah, like kind of took me out of it was the like rehab and post rehab moments of the movie. Sure, like Zach Efron and the Martin Lawrence section, mm-hmm. you would almost call it. Sure, um, it just felt so different and removed from what had happened before that and that's when like the actual absurdity of the movie kicks in sure which isn't a bad thing for 
absurdism isn't bad, but I was like, this is kind of a whole different style. Uh-huh. Yeah. I and think, then, well, I think that's when you got more personal into Moondog's character. Yeah. Like, before, it was just everyone like, Moondog's great. Moondog's, like, we love you, Moondog, no matter what. And then... Um, but it's also when, like, the most comedy comes into it, too. Right. Uh. Um, yeah, that's when he meets Zach Efron, who is wearing a giant pair of, of Jinkos. Um, and then the most important thing we need to mention in this whole podcast is that <laughs> his beard is based on uh, a, panini a panini sandwich, sandwich that yeah. <laughs> Hammerty Corinne had. Just thought, hmm, I thought, think that'll look good on Zach Efron's face. Um, but Zach Efron, yeah, he's like a vaping, <laughs> Jinko wearing, just like wacky weirdo guy mm-hmm. who is also the son of a preacher who also still th- seems to think he's a Christian person. Sure. But it's okay to do whatever you want because God already died for your sins. Which is a fantastic character and a very Harmony Corinne character. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I want to I, I really hope that Zac Efron is giving his agent at least half his paycheck because he's like he can basically do no wrong and it's fascinating to me. It's kind of yeah. like a Robert Pattinson situation where yeah, it's super similar. I don't think Zac Efron's doing as much important stuff as Robert Pattinson's doing. No, but, but he's just kind of doing whatever the hell he wants to do, which is respectable. You know? He's still doing. He's doing like the big comedies. He's doing like the small indies. Like he's doing yeah. all this. Um, and that's just, I, I like when like a teen idol becomes like the bad boy or like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what Spring Breakers was almost 100% was like taking, was it Selena Gomez and like Vanessa Hudgens yeah. and them like and making like Disney Channel uh, teen idols into like uh, criminal murderers and like yeah, right. r- and, uh, serial robbers and things like that. Um, that's something Harmony Corinne does very well is he, it's kind of like a P.T. Anderson situation where he can kind of see the value in someone that's not been utilized correctly right. or not been like utilized to the nth degree. Like, um, this is Matthew McConaughey's best performance. That's uh, really good. It's better than True Detective in my in my book. Yeah. Uh, They're a lot better, but it's I, good. <laughs> I just think he's so on point the whole movie. <laughs> it's, yeah, <laughs> seamless. I would agree. You know, like, uh, yeah, he's essentially pl- he's playing himself, which is I think that's a, a lot of the criticism for this movie. If, the people that didn't like it are saying Matthew McConaughey is just playing himself the whole time. I think that's a very simplistic way of of, it's like, yeah, of but viewing nah, it, though. Really. Well, that's like saying that like Adam Sandler played himself in Punch Drunk Love, like he was the only one that could play this character is different than he's just playing himself, and I right. think that's and what's. It's ha- not a movie everybody's gonna get. There was a couple of people that walked out when I saw it, <laughs> what? Um, which I wasn't really surprised. Yeah, it's you know? it's not. It's definitely not a movie that's like if you go to see uh, a movie at one p.m. on a Saturday, just like oh, let's pick out this. Uh... I mean, that's that's also the problem I think with a lot of star power is. Like, I had a friend that used to work at Celebration that would say, people come in here and they say, give me two tickets for Johnny Depp. Give me two tickets for Matthew oh, McConaughey. Oh, yeah, you for know, sure. I, I worked in, like... If you're just picking your movies based on actors, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to... You're going to wind up in some movies that you don't expect. You know? Right. That's, that's a really strange method of choosing. I used to work at, um, like, my first... Well, my second job ever was at a movie theater. And... um I worked in the the box office there, same exact situation where people would just be like, the Tom Hanks movie, the the boat movie, like yeah. the things like that. So I'm sure that they're like, oh, Matthew McConaughey is a beach bum. That's fun. Right. And then they get this, um, which, I, I mean, 
Yeah, I think it's a crowd pleaser for the right crowd for sure because it's like it's just so kinetic the entire time. It's so um it just it's relentless. It doesn't stop and the the joy level of it ramps up as the movie goes along yeah. and it's only an hour and a half. Yeah. Which is definitely purposeful. It's a good length for what it is. And the I way mi- that it's the style. I miss hour and a half movies to be honest. Like I miss like I always said that, you know, like a good filmmaker can do more in an hour and a half than a shitty filmmaker can do in three hours. <laughs> is that you is know? that a direct call out to the fact that I just told you that Endgame is three hours? <laughs> no, but <laughs> um, that's I mean that's kind of a reference point though. It's like of course he's of course this movie is an hour and a half because it's just like hit it and quit it. It's like it's yeah. it's you couldn't really tell much more story in that time, but it's also reflects the subject matter where he just lives this freewheeling fast life. Yeah, if it's two hours, it would have been too long. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Um, I'm sure there's more content that he cut out, but um, it was also a very uh, oddly romantic film for Harmony Korine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I hope I'm saying her name right, but Isla Fisher, Isla Fisher, um, was very good in this movie. But their the relationship between her and Moondog was, um, one that I you don't see in movies very much where she she knows he's a fuck up. She said mm-hmm. that's her last words, right? Yeah. Like. She when she dies very abruptly in the hospital bed, she flatlines, and her, the last words she says to her husband are, um, "You're such a fuck up." Yeah, and um, he takes it to heart, but he's also just like fuck it and goes off and does such his a own wild moment in that movie. It's yeah, it's he great. Like, he's like, "What do you want to do?" She's like, "Oh, you're a fuck up." Oh yeah, and she flatlines, and he just kind of lays there, and kind of smiles almost, mm-hmm. not in like a creepy way, but just like a. This is life way. You mm-hmm. know? It's a recognition of hey, it was a uh, we had this relationship that was that yeah, was the relationship na- that was, was the nature of our relationship. Yeah, you see movies where they're trying to like Hollywoodize relationships and mm-hmm. being in love so important. And then you see this and you're like, that's way more romantic than. Well, th- m- that was love though. They had they definitely had right, a very you know, but deep what I'm love for each other. Like, it seemed more. Uh, I don't want to say realistic, but more. Yeah, like, yeah. it was realistic. Well, in in terms of. Like there's relationships or lo- loves like that out there where you're like, okay, I don't really understand it, but like whatever works for you guys. Yeah. Um, and then like it's a romantic in a not irritating way. Yeah. <laughs> in that not like a saccharine, uh, over the top yeah. like America's Sweethearts, like Notting Hill kind yeah. of way. Um, which I'm all for Notting Hill, but I gotta go on the record <laughs> as saying. Um. But yeah, the thing about it, the whole, the middle part tone shifting and being like this absurdist comedy. What I did like was the callbacks to that at the end that kind of brought it full circle. There's a lot of full circles in this movie, mm-hmm. but with the, I mean, Zac Efron and Martin Lawrence are in the movie and then they're gone. Right. But they kind of get called back at the very end on the boat, you know. Um, well, he names the boat Success, which yeah. is the name of Captain Wack's boat. Right. And he sets some stuff on fire, like Zafron, Zac Efron said he's a pyro. So he's like kind of like. He's gathering a new. Like a like, new life yeah, for himself through these other people but then he's blowing it up and then just living the same life right. still yeah well and he's yeah. recalling like he's referencing these people he's met yeah it's his performance him. yeah it's he's his, using like, evoking them yeah in this absolutely yeah yeah moment. yeah yeah cool i like this movie so much really, um, you even got a hat i <laughs> i'm wearing the hat i'm wearing the hat for uh podcast good luck um <laughs> you can see it right uh the ending of the movie is one of my favorite like endings I've ever seen in any movie. It was the most, one of the most satisfying endings to mm-hmm. anything. Um, 
Yeah, I was sitting there going, if they don't end it here, they're going to fuck this up. Yeah, <laughs> and he just it, they just didn't. Like, you can't beat Matthew McConaughey uh, blowing up a sailboat with $50 million on it to Van Morrison's Into the Mystic. Like, yeah. please. The soundtrack to this movie, too, uh, right up my alley. Like It is all over the place, but so perfect. <laughs> Jerry Rafferty, like, right down the line. You got Two Tickets to Paradise. I actually think Two Tickets to Paradise is a good analogy for this movie. Like, a good... Um, I, it might have been chosen perf- like purposefully besides the fact that it fits into like the whole um I'm sorry for saying this like the yacht rock mentality of it of like that pleasure like pleasure cruise yeah, I mean, like hanging out with summer movie yeah like uh or summer vibe um but two tickets to paradise is like a song by Eddie Money that like makes my brain go insane cuz it's so it's so literal it's such a literal song mm-hmm. it's literally about I, I bought two tickets to go on vacation. Come with me. There's no metaphor. Yeah, right. There's nothing to it. It's just like this, like, we're going on vacation. We're going, we're, fuck it. We're going on the tr- to the tropics. Get on my cruise boat. Let's go. Um, and I, I was, I'm always, like, so fascinated by that song. Cause it's like, what, is, what a ridiculous concept yeah. for a song. Let's go on vacation. <laughs> yeah, with me, Eddie Money, the money man. I, uh... Uh, uh, but, yeah, I think that that's a good um, tie back to this movie because it's really uh, – cranked up so high that like it feels like there purposely isn't any deep meaning to it besides like live life to the fullest but in a non-cliche way um your your ultimate truth is your own uh that's the most i could grab from it but yeah yeah there's a lot there's a moment where they're in rehab and him and zach efron are who's what is his name in the movie i don't remember i can't remember either but they're listening to Creed, like super loud. <laughs> it's the best. Super loud. It's and he's the best like, "This part. is Christian metal, man. It's so good." And that's the only part of the movie they're not. That's only sober part of the movie, and it's almost like weirder than. Yeah, and it's I'm I, just that part I was rolling in my seat because he he's like, "This is pretty good. I like these. I like this is pretty good, man. This I get it." He calls it Christian metal. It's so funny. Um. Yeah, I like those performances, man. Every single one of them, just home run. I don't understand. Yeah. Martin Lawrence was <laughs> Martin Lawrence was on another level in this movie. Um, the part he like lets a gun go off, and he's like, "Careful, man! You could have shot a dolphin." Like, he's just so <laughs> he's super obsessed with dolphins. He's very dolphin forward. Um, yeah, I don't. I just don't. I don't know what else to say about this movie besides the fact that it's just like a delight the entire time. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I loved it. Um, well, we can. I don't really have a pick of the week necessarily, but I did watch Spring Breakers and Mr. Lonely the next day. Mm-hmm. I haven't I seen Mr. Lonely, but... I hadn't seen a movie of his since Julian Donkey Boy, which is whenever that was, a long time ago. Sure. And, I mean, a lot of the, the way this movie was shot uh, looked similar to Spring Breakers. Mm-hmm. It's a good, that it's a good like companion piece to Spring Breakers because it's kind of the opposite side of the same coin. Yeah. I mean, he said he wanted Spring Breakers to be a, a violent pop song. Mm-hmm. And the whole movie, I'm like, it's kind of brilliant. It's it's not as uh, it's not as, not as much depth to Spring Breakers in like a emotional way, but mm-hmm. it's kind of brilliant because he essentially took a commercial rap song and a commercial pop song mm-hmm not anything in particular, right. and made a movie about what would happen if we put these two things together. Yeah, 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 for like sure. There's like gangster rap crime in it mixed with like college girls gone wild going to spring break. Um, that's that's a weird like um vibe that Harmony Crin's going for too. Where I don't really know much about him beyond his aesthetic, 
Um, yeah. or and like there's an interview in this movie. Have you ever seen uh, Beautiful Losers, the documentary about the, like New York that. art scene? Oh, maybe I have. Uh, <laughs> he's like, they're interviewing him in like a park, and he's like, I, I watched my friend uh, get his head cut off over there. Um, and he's like, there's like a little kid in the background, and he's like, yeah, like I watched my friend get murdered. And like he tells the little kid that, and the kid's like, and he runs away. <laughs> um, and I think that's like Harmony Corinne in a nutshell. But like I, I, I never know. He's got this weird like new phase of his life where he's really into like rap culture mm-hmm. and like has but like, like the s- dirty white trash rap culture kind yeah. of thing and but like every, people in this movie have uh, are guarding a yacht with guns yeah so, i mean snoop dogs in it first and foremost like um it's all about like um astronaut weed and like everyone's smoking giant blunts and like listening to reggae and like mm-hmm. which is partly partially like establishing the the tone of the movie and like where it's miami so clearly yeah. um that's what they're going for but like i don't know i just think that's like a weird thing that he's embraced about himself is he's like i love this like gangster rap culture yeah in the last two movies anyway mm-hmm. yeah for mm-hmm. sure that's what i mean because like they have nothing to do with gummo or like yeah. uh i appreciate gummo but i don't need to see it again but <laughs> i i mean mr lonely's it's like two movies in one sort of there's one half of the movie where it's a Michael Jackson impersonator who's living in France <laughs> and he meets a Marilyn, uh, Marilyn Monroe Marilyn Monroe impersonator mm-hmm. and she like befriends him and takes him back to a commune of impersonators and they all live there. Okay. And they want to put on this play in the middle of nowhere like in Scotland in a castle. Is it a full is it a full length movie yeah. or is it like a uh Yeah. yeah I've a never actually thing. seen that. I've never heard of it. So they, they want to put on the best show ever, and they think it's going to be the best show because they're all fake famous people. So like the top of their uh, ranks and like yeah, terms there's a lot of, of interesting fame. like language in it where they're like, "I'm living as Marilyn Monroe, and my husband is living as mm-hmm. uh, Charlie Chaplin right now, and our daughter lives as uh, Shirley Temple." <laughs> and so there's this very like there's a lot of identity stuff in it, and then the other half of the movie is Werner Herzog playing a priest in South America. And he has all these nuns, and they fly airplanes over towns and throw bags of rice out for them. <laughs> and this one nun falls out and, like, prays on the way down, like, let me fly. And then she doesn't die when she hits the ground. Mm. So all these nuns are, like, trying to fly now. <laughs> oh. And it doesn't seem to have anything to do with the rest of the movie. Mm. And I watched the interview, and he's basically like, yeah, I just thought that both stories had themes of, like, transcendence and trying to be someone you're not. <laughs> so there's no big connection yeah, it, you know yeah he's very he's not like i don't want to say surface level he's very like this is my idea mm-hmm. and this is exactly what it's about and there's nothing more to it than that i just wanted to see the ultimate version of this yeah or, i had this idea like but i don't know how much to take him seriously about like the my kid friend got chopped up oh yeah there. he's he's like he's out there he's like there was uh, one interview i watched where like he's like I didn't know if I was ever going to make a movie again. And then I had this idea that was going to be like my magnum opus about this kid who like rides a pig and the pig can like walk up walls and stuff. <laughs> but instead I wrote like Mr. Lonely or whichever movie it was. And you're like, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm glad that someone like uh, Harmony Corinne exists because stuff up. Well, yeah, because this, this, uh, the beach film was kind of like wish fulfillment in a way where, um, you know, in movies where like the bad guy wins or like mm-hmm. things like that, it's like you want to see this guy doing the ultimate version of his life the whole time. You don't want it to slow down and become like yeah. let life gets a hold of him. Um, 
and it doesn't. I mean, he, he fucking wins a, per, a, a Pulitzer Prize, and it's <laughs> yeah, movie, like out of nowhere, <laughs> and that uh, barks into the microphone as his as his accepted speech. But uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's almost like when he writes these movies, he's like, I got this idea that's already usually about like depraved, mm-hmm. you know, bottom feeders, as you say. Sure. And then at some point he goes, oh, wait, I got to make this movie more absurd. And then there's <laughs> these weird parts that happen. You know, <laughs> um, and they're all mixed in, you know. There's, uh, well, like, yeah, when uh, Moondog shows up to his daughter's wedding and has <laughs> an old lady in a wheelchair. And just, just shoves her into a wall. It's like, I'm here with my mom and, like, shoves her into a wall. And he's like, just kidding, that's not my mother. Yeah, you know that. He still like, slammed an old lady into a wall. Yeah, and everyone's uh, like, oh, Moondog, you're you're yeah. silly. Um yeah, I don't know. There's just so much in this movie that I loved, and it was so genuine, and so it was so genuine for being as absurd as it was. Like, yeah, that's the that's the magic thing about this movie. I yeah. think is it was a Harmony Korine movie. There's a lot of mm-hmm. like, you know, just madness, like, kind of it. madness going depraved. on, depraved madness. But somehow, it ends up being uplifting. You know, it's it's kind of like when you have like a. a, a if you're at a party or like when you're like used to get just like wasted and like go mm-hmm. and like I had the best night ever and then you think back on it, you think about like some things that you did that were like kind of drunk and selfish, but like you had fun at the time. Right. That's the movie. Yeah. For an hour and a half. Um, whereas you feel kind of regret and re- remorse or like shame sometimes for that. At least I do. <laughs> a little oh, yeah. therapy that's session good, right there. Um uh yeah, where you're like, Oh, that's embarrassing or that that shouldn't have happened. Um you with with Moondog it's like like say la vie you know it's like that's just my life this is how I live like when him and Zach Afron break out of the out of rehab they one of the first things they do is knock a guy out of a hover round and steal his money yeah like that's it's like not always a good guy but like he's always just being himself yeah. I don't know I did so. feel like at that point like Zach Afron hits to do with a bottle mm-hmm. and like Moondog was just like yeah it's, that's not what uh but okay. That's not what I'm into. Like, I don't want to hurt people. Uh-huh. But we still need this money, <laughs> you know. It was more so to me like, oh, well, we already did it, so uh, let's keep going. Yeah. Um, For sure. I, I really don't have a lot more to say about it than that. Oh, yeah, um, it's, it's it's a it's a definite, like, 10 out of 10 recommend for me. Yeah, I would recommend uh, it for sure. Um, I'm hard-pressed to think of a movie this year that I'm going to like better, and that includes Star Wars. Like, mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can move on then, I guess, to pick of the week. What you got? Um, you can go first. Or well, I don't really have one. I have a, I have a not recommend of the week. Oh, I didn't watch anything. I mean, Harmony Corinne's a not recommend of the week portfolio <laughs> is flipping like, it on its head. Uh, is all worth a watch. I haven't seen Trash Humpers yet, but I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll it's watch good. It. it was good when I watched it initially, which was. Uh, a while ago now. Yeah. So I all know. of his movies are just so different, but all the same at the same time, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, yeah, just watch all his stuff. But then I watched Highwaymen on Netflix. Ooh, I'm sorry. I, I, Sean, I didn't even want to watch that movie. I was curious. <laughs> I was really curious because I was like, I, I like the subject matter, but I know I'm going to hate it. It was bad. It wasn't, I didn't turn it off like, oh, this is awful. I watched the whole thing. Sure. But it was just, it was a fun movie to be like, man, in every scene you can figure out how to make this movie better, <laughs> you know? Right. Well, like, it, how, how would I have done this differently and made this movie better? And they like almost every shot you can think of something. Right. The The fatal flaw of that movie to me right off the bat was 
why is the interesting part of the Bonnie and Clyde story the cops? It's not. It's Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, it was a very like like I don't want to root for the cops that were going after like the symbol of rebellion in the world. You know, that's not like it was, and the the way that they made Bonnie and Clyde like faceless. Oh, in this movie? Yeah. Oh, I don't. I didn't oh, watch you didn't watch it. it. I didn't watch. Yeah, no, they, I didn't watch it. <laughs> uh, Woody Harrelson out acted everybody, of course. But oh uh, yeah, always. There's a lot of big names, and it just so, felt so. It did. It's like sometimes I think about that Steven Spielberg thing, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of agree with him a lot of the time with this straight to video Netflix stuff. Yeah, I well, yeah, that was. It was directed by a guy who directed like some bigger movies mm-hmm. that weren't good, but like uh, the uh, was that stupid like football Sandra Bullock, The Blind Side. Yeah, I think he directed <laughs> that, or something like that. that, that that's the movie that made Sandra Bullock an Oscar winner, by the way. Just <laughs> real wrong, um, <laughs> on so many levels. Especially how like white savior that movie is, but um, well, that's literally that movie is invented that I think. So. Yeah, uh, but not but it was a bad movie. I'm surprised you watched that. I was really curious. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I almost fell asleep like three times during it because it was boring, and it was just like the trailer board me. Yeah, they made so. Bonnie and Clyde. They never, if they did show them like doing a crime. It was always like from the back seat of the car, and you just saw the backs of their heads. You oh. never saw their faces, or you'd see like their feet. That's dumb. or something, you know. Implied Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, but and it's called the Highwaymen. That was about Texas Rangers, and Highwaymen are like criminals. Yeah, but they and called like adventurers, and and uh, they called them the Highwaymen, and they were retired. Uh, see, that's a good Texas Rangers who you know used to go around and like kill Mexicans and stuff. Which they say very blatantly in that movie. But it's not in like a condemning way, which is really curious to me. Like they kind of make it that at the end. Like we used to do some bad stuff and kill a whole bunch of people too. Like the movie was like, oh shit, we gotta we gotta make it look like we don't love these people. It was real like bootlicker kind oh, of. Yeah, book, that's know? why. That's exactly why I didn't want to watch it. It felt like, um, like I Bonnie and Clyde weren't cool. You know who were actually cool? The cops. I don't know. These old retired cops who yeah. actually did killed way more people than bonnie and clyde ever did absolutely yeah um yeah it's, but it we felt show like that. them as heroes right it felt weird um and that highwayman analogy is great too because yeah. it's like uh maybe it's supposed to be some sort of weird like i don't think so on its head, <laughs> i wouldn't think so um i feel bad my, my pick of the week is uh kind of generic for the second week in a row but not really in a way um i've been rewatching. Um, all the like Avengers, like the Marvel movies in a row, and I'm having a blast. It's the best. Like the whole, yeah, all of them, start to finish. Leading like, up to yeah, the... leading up to Avengers Endgame. Uh, I didn't do it for Infinity War because I was like, there's a nut, there's one more. Like I, I want to wait to the last one and include that one in it. Um, which by the way, I found out that AMC theaters are doing a 59 hour, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe marathon, which is like insane. Can you get brain damage from staying up that I feel long? like you can. Or like your muscles would atrophy or something. Like clearly you're going to get up and walk around, but like that theater is going to smell so bad 59 afterwards. 59-hour marathon, um, which I'm essentially doing at home, and it's like not anything new or special. But t- I haven't watched some of these movies since they first came out, and it's like kind of doing this weird um, topsy-turvy flip-around thing where the ones that I thought I was like, those are terrible, are actually the best ones. Um and the most like character centric and like mm-hmm. um, less action packed, uh, like Iron Man Two is my favorite one right now. It's so really? good. 
Um, and I, and I was like, it's, I always hated that one. I always thought it was like, I left the theater so like outraged cause I thought the first one was so good. And now I think the first one's like super boring. <laughs> um, the incredible Hulk has always been garbage. Um, but I'm, I'm up to Thor right now, but my pick of the week is like watching those all in a row. It's, it's a, it's a blast. You're gonna have a great time. Um, my favorite one is Captain America, the first Avenger because mm-hmm. it's almost literally, literally the rocketeer. <laughs> um, but like Marvel movie style, uh, it's the same director and everything. Joe Johnston, fifty nine hours. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like the, I'm, long, the longest thing I've ever done. Like, I mean, I watched like the Star Wars trilogy in a day before, when I was, but I went to see Matthew Barney's Cremister Cycle, which is I don't know if he's, he was Bjork's boyfriend, right? And it was a seven hour long. I think it was five parts and seven hours long. And I, uh, art film, like, surreal, just abstract art film. Endurance test, basically. And I went and saw all of them in one day. <laughs> and that was, I felt so weird after that. <laughs> I I went to go see, that's longer than. Um, well, let's put it this way. The first one was three hours long. Okay. And they did an intermission at an hour and a half, and I thought that had been three hours. <laughs> so I was like. Yeah, just Watching. thinking about that, I felt like I was there for seven hours. Yeah, uh, I feel like that would put me put me down for the count. It was um, wild. Uh, like the longest, I think the longest I've ever been in a theater was when they played The Force Awakens before The Last Jedi. When I went to go see it, mm-hmm. and even that, I felt like I had left the planet. I was I was just like completely that, that five hours probably. Yeah, yeah. Plus, um, like bonus stuff in the middle, so probably like mm. six. Um. But yeah, like we were all trying to talk about the movie afterwards, but we we're all like s- swiveling around yeah, and you like got, you get in this weird zone. Yeah, for sure. Um, spinning off the planet and just like Jedi lightsaber. Uh, this like it just didn't <laughs> didn't even come together. Uh, but yeah, for sure. I it's it's a blast. I recommend doing it if you're into those movies. If you're not, revisit them. You might like some of them more than others. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I have a lot of respect for that as an experiment even if those marvel movies are kind of taken all of our movie stars away from us and like just selfishly hoarded them into one universe but like um it's kind of an interesting and uh interesting gamble in a way mm-hmm. that i mean it paid off but it also is like kind of dominated culture for the past 11 years yeah, that's, big time. that's fascinating to me um oh they'll do it all over again with something else Oh yeah, and that's—I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how much longevity that has. But um, excited for Endgame, and we'll probably do a podcast about that. Um, that's it for me. Yeah, I'm uh, good. Next yeah. week we will probably not have an episode. Uh, actually, we're not going to have an episode. We're both out out of here. Both out of town. Sean, where, do, where, where are you going? Going to Detroit to oh. see Spiritualized. Nice. Um, I also might be going to that show beforehand. Oh, cool. and it's cool. my girlfriend's birthday, so we're hanging out for another day or two. Nice. Um, in the D. Yeah, it's up in the air. Uh, I have a ticket to see Spiritualized, but I also I'm going to Chicago for Star Wars Celebration for five days, and I don't know if I can uh, be out that <laughs> late. <laughs> um, really wearing my heart on my sleeve this episode. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyways, that's it for us this week on Shallow Focus. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. See ya. That does it for this week's episode. Make sure to subscribe to Shallow Focus on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us while you're there. If you don't want the Shallow Focus party to stop, then make sure to like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
Oh yeah, you know him. You love him. It's at Shallow Focus Pot. Special thanks to Christian Cramo and his band of musical Merrymakers for composing our theme song. And we'll see you guys next week. 